everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Justin Bizarro. And you can find the podcast on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's. So today I have with us Reggie Kelly of Kaivan Foods. How are you doing today? Justin, I'm doing just great. Thanks for the opportunity to visit with you. I always enjoy talking about football and food because the Eagles so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's always so much fun, and and I love the tie-in. And and for the audience that doesn't know, like I used to, I grew up playing soccer, and I and I played in Europe, and then I turned a food entrepreneur as well. Uh, started off in the family food business uh, with my family, and then I've sort of here and there gone out on my own. Had some failures, had lots of lots of successes. And now I'm sort of giving back through the podcast. So I love what sports actually teaches you about business um, and teaches you about food because all sporting events revolve around food, also not only the event. So there's a lot of that. So Reggie, I don't want to take um, take away time talking about myself, but I really want to get into sort of your background before you got into food and then sort of how that led you into to being a food entrepreneur. Sure, Dustin. Well, man, I'm, I'm just a small-town country boy from from Aberdeen, Mississippi. I married my high school sweetheart. Um, her name is Sheila. Uh, we both attended Mississippi State University. Um, with there I was an um, Arthur Ashe nominee, um, honor roll, uh, all-SEC honor roll while I was there as well. Um, ended up being drafted uh, by the Atlanta Falcons in 1999. Dan Reeves been the head coach at the time, and I played five years for the Dirty Birds and then eight years for the Cincinnati Bengals for a total of 13 seasons in the NFL. Um, but while I played, I just never wanted to be just considered an athlete. Uh, Justin, I've always wanted to use all of my God-given talents and put them on display. Uh, so I've written a book. Um, and then I also started a food company, which is primarily the reason why we're having this interview today. And Food was not something that I intended. I never intended on um, being a food entrepreneur. I never intended on starting a business, being a supplier for for major retail and major food service chains. Uh, but you just never know what path life is going to take you. Um, but it's been very, very fulfilling just to to be in the food industry. And it just all happened with, you know, I love giving back to the community. So does my wife. And we used to throw free football camps for the kids in my hometown while I was an active player. And we wanted to reward the kids to exemplify great academic excellence. So we would give them free football camps, free NFL gear. Uh, we'd feed them out to the camp and just, just want to make it a really nice event for the kids. Well, after the football camps, and for that matter, Justin, after any event in Mississippi, oh, you're going to have some good food. So. <laughs> So my, my, my family and my wife's family cooked for all the volunteers and my teammates. My couldn't teammates could not stop raving about how good our family recipes were. And um I remember one night when my teammates' wife called my wife and told her told her that told her that we needed to, to do something with our family recipes. Uh I was a little little hesitant about doing it because again we knew nothing about the food industry, but uh she was pretty adamant about it. And we took her advice, uh, got a really good uh, manufacturer, and presented the products to Walmart stores. But then being in business for three months, and they took us on. 
And I pretty much knew at that point I might have a nice business on my hands. <laughs> and so that's pretty much how Kyvin Foods got born. And we named this company after our kids. Uh, my daughter's name is Kyla. My son's name is Kaven. We combined the two to come up with Kyvin. So we're just trying to leave another lasting legacy behind for our kids. I, I actually love the story and I find it incredible. I mean, that's a big leap. I mean, I know, and I work with a lot of, I do a lot of co-packing, uh, in our business and, um, making that big jump into Walmart and, and knowing that you can do it and just doing it, I think is huge. And it's not a mentality most people do. Um, you know, I tend to jump in, you know, head first and feet first and not look where I'm going and how much water's in the pool. And so I get it, but I think it's, it was such a huge leap. I mean, how did you decide that, okay, I'm going to do this and I, and I know I can do it. I mean, that's, that's one of those things. I mean, you, you obviously need the funding, but you also need to know that, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And this is a huge customer, probably the biggest when it comes to retail other than Amazon. Well, you know, when, when we first got started, you know, my wife and I, we, we wanted to make sure that, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna do anything outside of football, because football was what I knew, um, that was my comfort zone. I've been playing football for so long. Uh, being a supplier in the food industry was something I didn't know. Um, I, I I didn't have a clue. Um, I was a fish out of water, but because. Our family recipes were so well received by everybody, you know, all of my teammates and, and anybody I introduced our family recipes to, they, they were so well received. You know, um, my, my wife and I said, well, if we are going to do this, we need to make sure. And, and, and every entrepreneur is different. Sometimes entrepreneurs like to take a big leap and be very aggressive. Um, I wasn't like that starting out. Um, my thing was, if we're going to err, let's err on the side of caution because we don't necessarily have to start a food company. We don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money. You know, we're just fine, you know, from the funds that we receive, um, the income that we receive playing in the NFL. So I didn't want to just blow a lot of money just because just because I wanted to try to see if I could start a business. You know, we wanted to err on the side of caution by not spending a lot of money by really doing a lot of the work ourselves and, and really doing a lot of research online so that we can get the proper terminology so we could properly understand the business. And then we talk, we end up talking and connecting with a lot of suppliers that have been in the business for quite some time. And they just gave us tons and tons of information on how to run a successful, you know, startup company. And by being very cautious with our finance, with our finances, by not overly spending, uh, by using some different means like social media, newsletters, you know, samplings, which are inexpensive ways to get brand awareness. Uh, we did those things starting out, and then we just slowly but surely built from there. We set the foundation, and we slowly but surely build and build. And as we build, we end up spending more money. And that footprint, that formula worked for us really well, Justin. Well, and I, and I mean, I don't know. Does the NFL in any way, does that experience, did it help prepare you to be a business person? Or was it more of the thing that it taught you was the work ethic, the desire, the drive, the the ability and the determination to get up every day and do better than the day before? I mean, so I'm trying to tie it in because, you know, I imagine it's not, I know how hard it is to start a food business and how much time and dedication it takes. 
did did your previous experience help you i guess would be my question absolutely i had a teammate when i first entered the nfl well i've been playing football for shucks i, I played football for the longest but when i made it to the nfl I had a teammate who was an established veteran here with the Atlanta Falcons by the name of Terrence Mathis. Terrence Mathis was a receiver in NFL history to catch over 100 passes in the NFL season. Back then, catching 100 plus, plus passes. So that should let you know what type of professional he was um, back then. And as a rookie, he came to me and he took me under, under his wings and he told me one very profound thing that I that has stuck with me throughout my NFL career. But it also has helped me with life after football. Terrence told me, Reggie, if you do the little things right, the big things will fall. And for an NFL rookie, I really didn't understand it and honestly really didn't care to understand it. I just wanted Justin to just dominate the football field. What does little details have to do with dominating? What does paying attention to the small things have to do with me excelling? Well, as a rookie, I didn't quite understand that when you do those smartly bring success your way. And once I started to implement that, I saw my game, in particular set of um, advice that Terrence Mathis gave me. I used that throughout my NFL career. I took those same. T- <laughs> that That's really free. good. That one was free, Justin. That, was that same type of advice once I entered into the food industry. And so with the hard work that I saw Terrence Mathis do as an NFL veteran, I worked extremely hard. I am. I. 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 I, I took note from from his example. I took notes from his words, and I worked extremely hard in, in on the NFL field. I paid close attention to the little details that helped me be a great tight end. And so when I got when I finished football and I transitioned, I took that same type of concept: work extremely hard. If you're going to do it, do it right. And also, if you're going to do it, you have to pay close attention to the details. What's going to help my company succeed as I succeed in the NFL? Well, as a tight end, Justin, in the NFL, in order for you to be a true success, you're going to have to work on three things. Your footwork, your leverage, and your hands. Those three small details equal success. you got to have the proper footwork, the proper hands if you're blocking or if you're catching passes. And you got to have the proper leverage to shift your to, – to make things – in your favor to shift the, the favor from the opponent to you. Well, it's the same thing in business, Justin. In order for you to succeed in business, I use that same formula. Instead of saying I have to have the right footwork, I say now I have to have the right foundation. All right? And I also have to leverage my strong points against my opponents. I have some opponents that's been in this industry, like a Sweet Baby Ray's and some of the other barbecue sauces and salsa. They've been in business for a number of years. Well, how can I leverage my strengths against those companies to gain consumers? And I also have to be able to handle, hands handle, whatever may come my way in such a brand. Prime example, I always use this phrase, Justin, that the customer is always right. And by doing that, there's been some situations to where we know that some of our customers and consumers go overboard to please them. And by doing that, they keep coming back for more. Yeah, we may have to lose some as far as financial, but in the end, if they are repeat customers, we'll always gain them back. And so it's all about doing the little things, and those little things will help and help um, the big things to automatically occur. So that's some of the things I learned from football that's helped me in business.
Well, I think there's a lot of things there. One is um, that you you found someone to someone came along and took enough interest in you to mentor you, mm-hmm. and then obviously you know that whole cycle of of mentoring someone else and giving back as well. So there's the sort of the universe gives to you, make sure you give mm-hmm. back, which mm-hmm. I love, and I think that mentoring and being mentored or having taking the time to do that or taking the time to learn from someone is such a big deal. And I agree with you on the, um, the little things. Like for me, it's about six things every day that are pretty small that I make sure that I do every day to try to get a result. Or if I'm starting a new company or I'm trying to grow one of my existing companies, there's these six things that are within there that I know that I have to do today. And I can't get distracted by emails or other things like that right now because I need to make sure that those six things are taken care of in order to move forward. Five, six, you know, it varies by the person, but most of the time it's about six things. I try not to have less than five or more than six is is generally my rule. And, you know, there's always an example, um, you know, the, the Jacksons from one end of the yard to the other. And what he was demonstrating is that it'd be light and it takes those little steps and those little things to build those things or to get to that growth or whatever, which I think is so important. I don't think enough be better tomorrow than I am today and be better today than I was yesterday. So I think that's, that's huge. And, and to your point, I completely get it. It's like in soccer foot skills are the basics. So w- what did I do? i pound a ball against a wall with only my left foot. I use the top of my foot. I use the side of my foot. I use the outside of my foot. I use the bottom of my foot over and over again, then do it with the right. Okay. And then I juggle the ball and then, you know, right knee only left knee only head only shoulder only, you know, things like that feet only. And you just try to break everything down to the most basic form in order to move forward. Because if we look at it, like you know, I've got to catch this ball and I've got to do it. I'm not going to be great the first day. You're certainly not going to get 70% or 60%, but you can work your way towards it. So it's the same two.com uh, for anyone out there. And through there, you can find fa- their face products. You have a, a jambalaya sauce, an original hot sauce, a sweet bar- honey apple barbecue sauce, uh, a honey apple salsa, uh, honey apple salsa that's hot, um, a dry rub, which is a dry barbecue rub, and a honey apple butter. So there's a variety of products um, there, and I think everyone should try them, obviously order them. They're at Walmart and on Amazon if anyone wants to order them online. But I want to sort of talk about this. You mentioned SEC football um, before, and... Deborah and I, um, my significant other and I, recently experienced a SEC football game, Florida versus uh, LSU recently. And food is part of that culture. I mean, there was half a million people at a tailgate before the game eating jambalaya and literally barbecuing gators um, because they were playing the gators. But there's this whole culture around food and sports that I think is pretty awesome. And I like how you've been able to tie it in from football camps to feeding the kids to building your own brand, which then in turn also gives back to the kids uh, in various other ways. I see you have something called 
Kaivan Cares, which is pretty cool. And so explain us a little bit about your vision for the business overall. Obviously, you're giving back. You've created all these different <laughs> flavors. So how? what is your vision for the future? Well, um, from a standpoint of, uh, of expanding, you know, at, at some point we want to be a global operation. We started out local, uh, and then we expanded regional, and then we became national. And we want to continue to expand, getting more national operations, but we want to become a global operation. And with that, with that, it, it's a no-brainer. Before I started a food company, you know, I was giving back to the community. And so when I actually started the food company, we wanted to use a certain percentage of that and continue to give back to, to the community, whether if it's um, through some type of nat- you know, um, natural disaster or if it's tornado relief or hurricane relief, we want to help out in that regard. If it's you know, doing back-to-school drives or back-to-school, giving kids back-to-school you know, backpacks and pencils and supplies, help them out. But if it's, you know, doing things, buying turkeys and, and hams and doing the holidays for for the less fortunate as well. Uh, we just look for opportunities to help those who are less fortunate. We believe the good Lord has given us much. And it's not for me just to sit around and hoard all the fortunate fame, but it's for me to, you know, um, it's for me to make sure that we form some type of equality and help those who are less fortunate. And that's always been a goal of mine, and that's always been a passion of mine. And, and and we're going to continue to put forth those efforts. It brings great delight knowing that I could start a business and then use a certain percentage of the funds that we make to help others. I mean, so the more money we make, the more we're able to give back. To me, that's that's a win-win situation because, um, you know, life is just bigger than me. And Woe to anybody that thinks that way. You know, we have to understand that the good Lord put us here to establish great relationships, uh, to help each other out, to be a community. Uh, It doesn't matter what race you're you're from, doesn't matter your religion. But what matters is we're loving on each other and helping each other out and being everything that we're meant to be for each other. And I take great pleasure um, in doing that. I take great pleasure in partnering up with other organizations that do that as well. And so does my wife. And I think that what we have to do as grownups, um, we have to display that type of love so that our kids can see it. We have to expose our kids to it, not because we're trying to brag or show up, but we have to expose our kids when we're actually doing stuff in the community so that they can see it, so that one day they can emulate it and so that the uh, and so that they can continue to do it so that the cycle continues. The cycle continues so that we're always thinking about building the kingdom of God and we're always about helping others, especially those who are less fortunate. Well, and I love that. And I think one of the things is is God gives us gifts, um, and it's up to us to um, take those gifts. Sometimes it's just an interest. Maybe it's football or maybe it's in food. Mm-hmm. or maybe it's in soccer or whatever. It's our job to then take those gifts and and continue to um, excel at them and strive for excellence in them. But then also, not only that, but to use them to help mankind um, and continue to do the right thing. Um, and I believe that, you know, wholeheartedly. You know, I've been given various gifts and and food and things like that. One of the things is this podcast. How can I get the message out there? How can I turn what we do in food and, and entrepreneurs like yourself 
into a more positive message and, and make a positive impact. And to, and to what you're saying also is, you know, they always talk about a sin lasting a thousand generations. You know, people use that a lot, but what people also don't realize is positivity, faith, doing the right thing also lasts, lasts a legacy of a thousand generations. So what you're, what we demonstrate to our kids or our stepkids or kids that work for us or whoever is, is if we generate, if we generate interest in giving back in the communities and showing that it's the right thing and showing how it can be fulfilling and showing how it's sort of walking in the light of God, then more people will do it. And I think it, it's huge. And, and we've somewhat lost that sometimes as in society, but getting back to what's really important is, is the benefit of everyone. And some of the best businesses I think are the ones that are just helping people or providing solutions and, in your case, you were running, you know, football camps for kids. And what came out of it is this food business. That's not, that just doesn't happen accidentally. You know, there's a little bit of God's plan amongst it all. He put you in football to do the football camps and put the football camps in front of you to get into this food business. And now this food business is growing so you can then give back and set an example for your kids and and the communities and people around you that, this is a possibility that we can live this way. And I think that's awesome. Uh, excellent. Excellent, Justin. Excellent points you make. Excellent points. And so, I mean, how do you, I, I'm going to go back to the flavors and, and then, you know, just to ground the conversation a little bit is how do you come up with, with new flavors? Do you have new flavors and products in mind as you grow forward? You know, what's on the horizon there? Is it something you and your wife do or is it, I mean, ha, I mean, yeah, you obviously I mean, have a great brand. Yeah, I know it, it may sound strange, but again, it may not sound strange. A lot of the, the recipes that we've come up with that we have are, you know, this doesn't sound strange, but these are family recipes um, that's been passed down from generation to generation. Now, a lot of the recipes are not measured. <laughs> And so when we get the recipes from our family members, we actually get the recipes. They just tell us, well, you know, this, 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 this goes into the recipe. But then we have to take it, my wife and I, just just in our regular kitchen, take it and measure things out um, to the point where we can present it to our co-packers. And then our R&D department will go in and make sure that they make the product in the way that we want it with the right type of quality, the right type of flavor profile and so forth and so forth, even the viscosity if it's in regards to a barbecue sauce. Um, and, and so it takes time. Um, there have been some projects, some some of our products that it may have taken about a six-month process back and forth with our co-packer trying to make sure that they get this particular ingredient, get this particular product just the way that we want it because we don't want to throw put anything on the market, Justin. We want to make sure that whatever we put on the market and that consumers would like it. And it's going to be a reflection on my family. And I want to make sure that my family is seen in the highest light. So we just don't want to put anything on the market. So a lot of times, you know, we've taken our family recipes and we've just taken them and tweaked them and, and got them to the point where they can be commercialized. And again, sometimes my wife and I, we're just in the kitchen and we're just saying, man, this would be a great idea. This would be a great idea. Let's just start working on it. And Chuck's, it may take a year. But after we get it perfected, then we send it to our co-packer. 
But then there's also been um, times, especially like, say, for instance, we got a sweet potato barbecue sauce, which is the first ever sweet potato barbecue sauce to ever hit the market. And we also have a sweet potato vinaigrette salad dressing, which is the first. Um, so you're getting all the nutrients and vitamins from sweet potato, but yet you're getting it in a great tasting condiment as a barbecue sauce or a salad dressing. And we wanted to do that for those health conscious consumers that are looking for a great taste in barbecue sauce or a great taste in salad dressing, but you don't have to worry about all the high fructose corn syrup and all the artificial ingredients. Well, for a project like that, we spoke back and forth with our R&D department. What would be a good product we could put on the market? Something that we already do, but something that would be trendy, something that would be innovative, something that would be eye-opening and that would catch consumers' attention. And we end up coming up with a sweet potato barbecue sauce and a sweet potato vinaigrette. And then we had to tweak the ingredients and tweak the flavor profile and so forth and so forth until we got it just right. Um, so it just depends on the product. Some of the products are family recipes. Some of the products, my wife and I, our R&D department, we come up with some great ideas. But at any rate, it's been working out really well for us, Justin. And we just want to continue to add more and more. We've only scratched the surface. I'm going to say that too, Justin. Um we have things like pecan pies and shucks cookies and a lot of other stuff that we're going to bring to the market. But you have to, in my opinion, again, you know, I rather err on the side, error on the side of caution. You have to make sure that you get your brand established to where people can know you based on one product. And then you build other products around that product to the point where people understand whatever product that you bring to the market is going to be a great tasting product with lots of quality oh and i think that's so important and exactly what you said is you establish your your main product line and then you sort of get into your other products um which i there's two parts to that one is making sure you establish your brand with the with your core values and and things like that and then the core products that are your brand's going to be built off of but then the second part is having the guts to expand into other things like you know, jams or jellies or in what you said, pecan pies and, and things like that, because it does make sense to expand and add more, more products to your, um, brand. Once you've established the brand and people get security in it, if there's too many lines in your brand, you know, you know, more than six or eight, and you're still a young company, it gets a little harder to, to get the customer's trust to, to jump into like from a salsa to a pie. But once you have that brand, people are like, oh, man, they've made a really good salsa or jambalaya or whatever and, you know, apple butter. So what is they've got to make a good apple pie or they've got to make a good pecan pie or anything like that. So it is a natural leap, which I love. And so, I mean, we talked about the vision and the giving back. Is that what really motivates you on a daily basis? I mean, tell me a little bit of what it's like for you every day you know, being a food entrepreneur. Well, it, it does motivate me. My, my, my whole thing is, 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 is honest, man, the good Lord has been really good to me and, and it would be selfish on my part to hoard everything for myself. That's really how I look at life. Uh, I've experienced so much, Justin, just by playing in the NFL, I've experienced a lot of fortune and fame. I've traveled all over. I've experienced the best of the best. Um, and, and I am so grateful for every opportunity I have to help those who are less fortunate, even those who haven't experienced what I've experienced, to try to give them a little taste of it 
as well, a little taste of different cultures, a little taste of different things, just to expand their horizon and, and for them to believe. Um, I always, you know, I try to always mentor kids because you have a lot of kids. Honestly, it, it breaks my heart. They come from broken homes. Um, they come from homes where um, even some of the parents told them that they wouldn't amount to anything, come from abusive households. And it breaks your heart to see kids seeming hopeless at a young age. You know, when you're a kid, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to thinking that you're supposed to believe. You know, I remember when I was a kid, people asked me what I wanted to be. First thing you would say, Superman yeah. or, or, or Batman. You know, your hopes are supposed to be so far-fetched, are supposed to be so out there. And, and you're supposed to still believe it as a kid. And you're supposed to have adults just rooting your own and just enjoying to see how you grow and develop as a kid. And, and I had that I had that type of support system growing up. But there are so many kids that don't have it. I mean, so many kids that just they're broken and you can see it in their eyes. They don't think that they will amount to nothing. And and I'm just so grateful for the opportunity where I can step in the gap and just be some form of inspiration, even if it's a small form of inspiration. It makes my day. And when I know that there's purpose behind my business, there's purpose behind you know, um, me coaching kids, which that's something that I, that I do. That's purpose behind, you know, trying to to really expand my my business. Because again, I want to leave a legacy behind for my kids as well. The right type of legacy. That business is just not business is is just not about you trying to get over on something or you trying to cheat somebody just so you can get an account. No business. Do it with integrity. Do it the right way. Handle yourself the right way and you gain respect in anything that you do. And you eventually gain more business when you do stuff the right way. Help others. Don't think selfishly. Don't think about yourself. Life life is just not about you. All right? Think about what you can do for other people as well. And watch how fulfilled and purposeful your life will be. And that's important for me to establish this type of company so I can instill that in my kids. Whether if my kids want to work this business or not. You know, but what I want to do is get them some opportunities and put them in position where they can can prosper, but also put them in position where they can see that there's needs of other people and don't be selfish. And let's focus on them as well. So it brings me great delight when I can think what I'm doing is not just about me making money, but what I'm doing is really helping people and helping people grow. And it, and it brings me such delight when, when when I know that I've spent some time with a kid and now they've grown <laughs> And they come back to you and say, you know, I appreciate this. And you said this and you did this. And at the time, you know, I may not have even thought that I said much, Justin, you know, you may not have even thought that you really did much to affect that person's life. But when they come back and told you you did, then it makes you even more determined to do more because you see that the work that you're doing that the good Lord is pleased. And so, again, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that by any matter. But what I am saying is that that gives me purpose to do what I do. Well, and I and I love that, and you know, it's the the motivation there of doing the right thing, and the motivation of the giving back, and that and that's the truth, right? We make the most impact as entrepreneurs because we're going out to make money, not necessarily for ourselves, but because we want to make a difference. And it is a twofold. Obviously, we want to take care of our families, and we want to have financial stability and financial success. But on the flip side of that, we want to be able to have the means, the connections, the opportunities, the businesses to go help in our communities, 
help with the people that, that need help and inspiration. And so I think exactly what you're saying, you never know when you're helping someone. It may just be opening a door for someone. It may be helping someone put groceries in their car. I think that it's, it's, it goes huge, the whole topic, in that if we come from the mindset of just doing the right thing and being helpful, we never know when we're going to change someone's mind or, or someone's having a bad day and we can make it better and then take it down to where we're talking about, which is kids, you know, they need mentors, you know, and to your point, I know there were teachers that, that said I wouldn't amount to anything, you know, because really what they were doing is projecting their failures or, or their insecurities of where they were in their life on us as kids or on kids or on me and saying that they weren't going to amount to much because they weren't amounting to much or they weren't living up to their expectations. So it's the same thing as if we have the ability and, and we know we take those little steps at a time. I mean, I think that's going all the way back to the beginning of the conversation, which is how do we teach kids that there needs to be those little things every day that they can work on to, to be a better person, to, to live the dreams that they want to get out of their situation and do something better with their lives, you know, and break the cycle that, that could happen and, and change things. You know, it's a lot of, if I set my mind to something, you know, I can change the sins of my parents and of my grandparents and whatever, but I, not only that, I can take the good things that they've done, fix a lot of the bad things. And by no means am I a perfect uh, step parent or parent or whatever. I make plenty of mistakes, but it's really, how do I motivate them? You know, um, my step kids, how do I motivate kids that work for us and come in and, and have an opportunity? How do I better their lives through doing what I'm doing by giving an opportunity? And I think that's really what it is also is that, we're building businesses which creates jobs, but within those jobs, it's more than just paying someone. It's giving them an opportunity to better their lives and help them grow as human beings and really just open our hearts to helping them grow um, if they want it. And I think that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. And I think you and I are on the same page. I think you and I are on the exact same page, and I appreciate hearing that from you. That means a lot. Yeah, I think it's it's the way to do it. And, you know, I don't know any other way. I don't, you know, I probably, you know, I grew up in an Italian family, so everyone's kind of family, um, not in the way everyone thinks that I'm referring to, but it is. You know, I see everyone as a family member. I spend time with you. I want to coach you, and I want feedback. You know, seeking feedback also is a is a big deal because it helps me grow and be a better person so I can help someone else. The more I'm willing to learn, the more I know that I don't know anything, you know, really is the, the larger um, opportunity that I have to help someone, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Absolutely. And so, I mean, based on that, um, Reggie, sort of what's your, I mean, how do you see employees and helping them in your business? And how do you see the lessons that you're, you're leading your employees with being passed on to your, your children? Well, um, if, if you don't mind, could, could you uh, maybe rephrase that or say it again so I can? Sure. Um, 
I'll make sure. that answer. Right. Sure. I'm sort of narrowing down the motivation and how, I mean, how do you handle leading your employees and motivating them uh, with your business? And, and then the second part of that question is, you know, how in doing that are you, you setting an example for your children uh, for when they hopefully run the business? I think, and, and I think that, you know, especially when it comes to, to my, my team of, of workers that we have, and then also for my kids to, to be around as well, it's, it's all about when, you know, obviously my wife and I started the company and, and we are the owners of the company, but yet in my mind, without your workers, it'll be hard for you to continue to be a success in anything you do. And you need the right type of supporting cast around you. And I think that, you know, what, what we try to do is honor them by treating them the right way with the utmost respect, not using our title as as a dictatorship, as if we run things or not using our title to demean anybody. Because if you're working for us and you're working with us, then we are a part of a team and we are a part of a family. And for those who work with us, they feel like family because we are a team. You know, we had a statement um, that we used to use in sports. And, and, of course, they still use it. It's a familiar, familiar phrase. Teamwork makes the dream work. And, and it's all about us being together as a team. Nobody is more important than the other. We are going to work hard regardless of what your title is, regardless of how much you make. We have to display ourselves like a team. And ultimately, we have to display ourselves like a family. Um, you know, um, in a family, you're not going to always get along. You're not going to always agree. But yet we are family and we always stick together. And that's how it has to be in business. And I know in business, sometimes, you know, you're going to have some splits, departures. You know, employees leave here and go somewhere else. I know that's part of the business as well. But I think that as a owner of a company, you need to make it a, a pleasant experience for those who are part of the team and you need to treat them like they are humans and treat them like they are very, very important because how can I, how can I, I tell my kids to, to be respectful? How can I tell my kids to have integrity? And if I don't treat people with respect, um, that I'm the boss over, so to speak, if I don't treat them like their family, like they're part of the team and it goes in one year out the next. And so again, when I, when my kids see that and when they see, you know, how we're supposed to treat people, and yet you treat them that way, I think it goes a long way with them in the next generation. So, you know, I think it's teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work, and you need your team to to succeed, and you need to treat your team like they are family. Treat them like they are important. Treat them like what, they, what they're telling you, it carries weight, not like it's just going to go in one area out the next, and take value in what they're saying and what they're trying to bring to the company. And I think there's a lot of points in there also is that one is your employees are your number one sales force. You know, they, if they're happy, they're out selling you as a business. When someone comes, talks to you or, or sees your business or whatever, they're dealing with employees or coworkers or your team. Um, we try to, we're trying a shift in our company actually to talk more about the team. And it's interesting you say that versus coworkers or employees. We're trying to, you know, get rid of the hierarchy in terms of empowering everyone to know that they're part of the company and the company's a team and we're a family and getting out there and sort of representing where everyone has powers to, to, for this company to be better. 
and even further to what you're saying is that it's I didn't build it. You know, my father didn't build it and when it's the family business or if I'm starting my own business, at the beginning I may have built it, but from there on the employees, the people that work with the company, the team, all of us have built that. I can't take credit for that. You know, I may have jumped off the cliff initially and into the water to start it and taken the initial risk, but there are people there betting on it every day with their jobs and their livelihood and things like that. So them having ownership and being a a team member, I think is, is so important in that growth. And then obviously I think what you're saying and, and I love it is being humble. You know, I've got to be humble enough to know that I have a lot more to learn I know that I can't do it without the people I work with or my team. And I've got to be humble enough to take feedback from my team so I, I know about those things and know that I always need to learn. And I think that's that's so huge. And we never know, speaking of humble, is when God's going to put something in front of us that you know we need to use our skills to learn from, number one. But number two, do something to, to better mankind. And I think that's a... A big deal you know so uh. I, I agree and what even when you look at it um from the standpoint of like let's say for instance like a an nfl team or some type of pro team you know you have nfl owners and an nfl owner can come down and dictate and do whatever they want to do but they hire a head coach and they have to put their trust in the head coach to do what they hired them to do and have to take feedback they don't have to take feedback, but they should take feedback, you know, with the head coach. And then the head coach, they hire their offensive and defensive coordinators to, and they delegate delegate authority to them. Then, then the coordinators have position coaches. And then those position coaches give feedback to the coordinators. Coordinators give feedback to the head coach. Head coach gives feedback to the general manager and then to, to the owner. And it's, it's, it's all about, you know, the team being on the same page and listening again. And we all know that, you know, we're not, I'm not trying to make this thing seem like it's just, you know, peaches and cream. There are going to be disagreements, right? There's going to be times where you butt heads or you may not see things eye to eye. That's part of life. That's part of being in a family. And that's part of business. But still, it's all about us learning together and moving toward the goal. The goal is to win. The goal is to win. On the football field, the goal is to win. In life, the goal is to win. In business, the goal is to win. And you're going to need people. You're going to need the right type of team to help you do just that. Well, and I think that's that's exactly. And now you're the coach of the team. You're not the player. You're the coach. And your mm-hmm. field is, is business. And I think it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, you know, I, in this topic, I love, I work with my significant other, we're in the process of starting businesses as well, started other businesses in the past and business currently together. So how is it working with your wife? I mean, there's a change there. Um, maybe it's something you always did while you were a player, but obviously now it's a full-time thing, uh, for you. So, I mean, I mean, how does that work? I mean, for me, and I'll just I've sort of prime the conversation, you know, it's different because now I work with her. Uh, we're financially really tied together. We, um, you know, we want the best for our family. We want the best for ourselves. We want the best for uh, the people we work with or our team. 
And so how sort of do you guys manage all of that? Well, um, you know, I whatever she says, I just say, yes, ma'am. That's how we manage. <laughs> <laughs> Good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I never win, Justin. I'm always losing the battle. <laughs> but it, it works really well with my wife and I because what most people don't know, my wife and I, we were best friends back in high school, even before we started dating. And, and we we share so so much and we have so much in common. Um, I genuinely love just hanging out with my wife. Uh, even in high school, she was and, and this may not sound right, but she was like one of the fellas. I mean, she was has always been cool. We can always talk about any topic. Um, and so, honestly, when I finished football, I I was happy and excited to have an opportunity to do something with my wife something that would challenge us, something that I knew would bring us closer. And again, we have disagreements. Uh, sometimes I look at things. Um, um, sometimes I could be, even though I'm a cautious guy in regards to spending, my wife, she's very, very conservative. And so she looks at things a little bit differently than I do in regards to spending for, you know, different marketing campaigns. And she'll go inside and out. Well, I understand this, but what about this, 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 and the other? And so we have disagreements, but it's very, very fun to be able to travel with my wife and travel to a major corporation like Kroger or, or Walmart or Cisco to travel to their headquarters. And my wife and I do a pitch or do a presentation to major executives and we get the account together. We're working together to get the account. Um, that's very fulfilling to me. And so we can celebrate together and celebrate with our kids together. You know, it's one thing to celebrate with strangers, but it's another thing when you can celebrate with your actual wife, you know, um, somebody who's been there with you since high school. And so I absolutely in, enjoy it. Uh, I'm more so of the face of the company, meaning um, that I do get out and do a lot of presentations. Uh, my wife, she likes to work behind the scenes. She does all the little small details that, to be honest with, she gets all the credit. She should get all the credit, but a lot of times people give me the credit, but she and I, I quickly tell them, well, honestly, it's my wife. She does all this work. Um, and and but she's the type of woman that she's not looking for credit. She just wants results again because we're here to win. She wants to win and she's willing to play her part to win, just like I'm willing to do my part to win. But I absolutely, absolutely enjoy, you know, working with my wife, you know. I heard some people say they can't work with their spouse, and that's understandable because we all know our spouse, but with mine, shucks. I enjoy every second of it. But I will say this, Justin, again, I hardly win any battles, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's better that way. They're usually right in the long run anyway, so that's how it works. And I, I honestly, I agree with that. I'm more of the, I go out there, I'll put my face out, I'll set up the meetings. I'm, you know, I can go on the road, no problem, bounce from place to place. Um, and she's more the one that stays behind the scenes, just behind me and sort of sweeps up everything and, and picks mm -hmm. up the stuff that, that's worth saving and throws out the stuff that's not worth saving and, and sort of keeps an organization to our, our life. And I always think of it as, you know, a, l a little comic strip in my head. Here's God. He, he creates Adam, you know, and Adam is by himself and God's like, Oh my gosh, this guy, he's overwhelming. I need to give him something else. Give me the rib. I need to create someone to manage you and, and keep you as a good person because it's too much for me. I got a lot of other things I need to do in the universe. And that's sort of, you know, she's my compliment. She's the person that keeps me balanced, that keeps me 
honest, that keeps my mind focused on the things that I need to, that always makes sure that I that I stay involved and I do the right thing and, and, you know, she'll chase every rabbit down every rabbit hole with me to make sure that I'm making the right choice. And so it's a really cool scenario. Um, and I love working with my significant other as well and, and Deborah and she's amazing. And, you know, I wouldn't take it back. We're together all the time. And there is something sweet about the victories, not only within our family, but when you have the other victories or you work on a project for years and you and you finally cross the finish line, you know, it's it's a huge success and, and you know, it is like a sporting event. We celebrate this success that night and usually the next morning we're focusing on the match the next weekend uh, to use just an example, but on what's next, what's the next business, what do we need to do to fill that facility with business? But we do take the time to celebrate and I think that's awesome as well and having that experience with a significant other is, I mean, there's nothing better, um, you know, in that fulfillment in that moment of being able to share it with someone you care about. Yeah. And, and we, we, we also involve our kids. Well, again, my daughter, she's 15 and my son's 13. We even have like, like, like we'll give somebody a bonus. Let's say for instance, well, what's the next, next account you guys think we're going to acquire? And you know, my wife said, well, I think we're going to get this account. I make my my emotion on what account my kids to say, well, I think we should get this account and this account next. And whoever wins gets a bonus. <laughs> you know, we just just try to keep it fun and just try to enjoy just the strategy about what's our next opportunity and what's the next account that we're going to acquire. And how can we acquire and whoever guessed that the particular account that we was going to get first get some type of bonus and it, it just be some, something fun like that or you get to go to your favorite restaurant and this person is going to treat because you guessed it right and so you know we try to just keep it fun and try to enjoy each other through this process because it, 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 life life is is short and here on earth and and you want to enjoy every minute of it you want to enjoy the good the bad and the ugly as strange as that may sound and you want those things to bring you closer and and when you can make great memories over the years and then you can look back at those memories when your kids get older, there's nothing better than that. So I absolutely enjoy working with my wife. And we also take our kids on some of the things that we do as well, businesses, business trips or, you know, just to get them up to speed on how a business is supposed to be ran. And, and so they could see us in action as well. And hopefully they can emulate that also. Well, and I think that's one of the, main things is if we can educate our kids on business at a younger age, the, um, the thing is, is they become more excelled in that. It's like, okay, I'm going to play football. Okay. So I train at it as a kid all the time. So I become a football player or soccer or whatever it is. So I become that much better by the time I get to college and, and my chances of getting, becoming a professional are that much greater, but it's the same in business. You know, the younger we teach them the entrepreneurial skills, the younger we teach them about business, the faster they can grow within that, pick things up, willingness to take risks, get over fears because they've already gotten over them at a younger age when they're, they're less, they're more carefree. And it's a pretty cool thing. Um, and really exposing them to that. I mean, I've, I was fortunate enough to be exposed to it all my life. You know, my parents were in a horse farm and I ran, saw that. And my dad was a CEO of a very successful business that, and I 
between soccer practices and school and all that, I'd spend time at his office. And so, and he got to travel all over the world for his business and would take me along when he could. So I got to see all those things. And, you know, I didn't, you know, he made it clear, um, this is a meeting, I want you to just listen. You know, this is, we can talk about it in the car, but he gave me sort of these training wheels to leverage things off of. And it's a cool thing. And for a while there, I mean, I'll be honest, and I think all kids should know this who parents are entrepreneurs, you a little bit feel alone sometimes in the world because your peers that don't have the same experience don't see things in the world the same way you do. And and you feel different and you feel like I have these ideas and I can just do that. And, and they're a little bit different. They're, they're more reserved and they're not going to take chances because that isn't the environment they grew up in. Or they don't understand business the same way or, or how a customer is going to react or the importance of doing the right thing because you yourself are a brand for your business at all times. And so is every person on your team. And so I think there's a lot of that. But ultimately... You know, for me, it's not like I don't have, we don't have friends and and close people and family, but ultimately at the end of the day, Deborah and I are accountable to ourselves and what we do and accountable to God for the things we do for the people around us. So knowing that, you know, you don't feel as alone uh, at times. And I think that's, that's really cool that, that you're embracing that with your kids. I think it's hugely important that we give our kids that skill set to be entrepreneurs because you never know one may be an entrepreneur and they'll cure cancer who knows you know or just get the gift of curiosity of being around entrepreneurism so i think it's a, a pretty cool thing so absolutely absolutely my last question for you reggie is more of a, a transition question and that is i mean i don't know i'm but I, I don't know if there was a transition or how hard it was. I mean, you went from the NFL, you're playing in front of thousands of people in stadiums, uh, millions of people on TV, and then sort of that 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 comes to an end. I mean, there's got to be a little transition there as a person, as a man, as, you know, what am I going to do next? Probably some feelings of being scared. I mean, wh- what was that like? But honestly, I, I didn't. I didn't have any of those feelings, Justin, because I. I never. I put it to you like this. It, this. This was my my thought process. I play football, but football is not who I am. Football is just simply what I do. That was my philosophy when I actually play football. I play football, so football is actually what I do, but football is not who I am. I'm who I am. I'm a man of God. That never changes. Football's going to change. I knew that going into it. I started planning for retirement the day I was drafted. And that sounds strange. And it, that may sound like, well, was he not confident? I was very confident in my ability. I was very confident that I could play a long time. But the NFL stands for not for long. You never know what may happen. Um, that An injury, a new coach, you never know what may happen that can just um, cut your career very short. So I started preparing for, for, for life after football when I was initially drafted. And I started preparing, even with business. I started a barbershop early on in my career as an NFL player. Um, I ended up, you know, leaving Atlanta and going to Cincinnati. And I didn't have the proper person that could run the barbershop, but I closed it. But I still started working. I still started planning for retirement. Because, you know, 
I wasn't one of those guys that felt like I needed football, that football was just the totality of my life. It wasn't. Um, even when I started this business, you know, I, you know, I briefly talked about throwing those football camps while I was an active player, but I still started the business while I was still active. So during the NFL off, off seasons, instead of just relaxing and, you know, detoxing as most NFL players do, because we do need that time. And NFL season is very strenuous. I mean, it, it's a lot on you mentally. And it takes a toll on you physically. And you need the adequate amount of time to get away from the game and just relax and detox and recover mentally and physically. Well, when most NFL players was doing that, I wasn't recovering. I was I, I immediately, once the season was over, I immediately jumped into finding the right co-packers, you know, getting the right labeling, the right packaging for our products, going out doing presentations, going out doing demos. When I doing interviews with radio stations and TV stations, doing traveling, I did that during the NFL off seasons, and that prepared me for life after football. So that when I did finally retire, it really wasn't a stress or strain. It really wasn't a, you know, oh my goodness, what am I going to do next? I pretty much segued pretty easily from the gridiron to the castiron, as I like to say, and it wasn't a hard transition at all because I had already started the process. Like I said, within three months, I was in Walmart. Without, I was still an active player while I was in those Walmart stores. So when I retired, it gave me more time now to, to focus more on where I, what we had already gotten started. And and that's one of the things I mentor you know, young athletes on right now is have a plan. You need to have an exit plan right now. Don't think, well, if I have an exit plan, that means I'm not focused on football. No, that means you're smart. That means you know that it's going to happen because it's inevitable. You're not going to play football forever. You may think you are, but even if you play 13 years, that's still a short period of time in regards to life after football. You need to have something already prepared. You can't play golf every day. You can't vacation every month. You need to have something that's going to give you purpose, and you need to have something that possibly can give you another revenue stream. So properly prepare for that while you're actually playing and even if it means you put two or three hours in a week, but properly prepare for it, have you some options, things that you're very passionate about, have those as options so that when you do retire, you're not sitting around twiddling your thumbs and trying to make, you know, last minute efforts into trying to to come up with these get quick rich schemes, which in turn gets a lot of athletes in trouble. Don't do that. Make sure you have a good plan in front of you so that when you do retire, then you can jump on that plan or you can jump on the plan while you're actually playing so that when you do retire, it'll be a smooth transition. And that's pretty much what I did. But again, I had really good mentors like a Terrence Mathis. Um, I had good guys that really mentored me and showed me how to be a pro on and off the field. And they talked to me about treating people right. Don't be a prick. Treat the media right. Be a pro. Even when you lose, handle yourself like a pro. You know, treat people right. Network with people because when you retire, you just never know how you can, you know, use those people's services and how those people can go to bat for you because you were a genuine person. And so, um, so Justin, I guess that was a long way of answering your question. It really wasn't a hard transition for me at all. The wheels were already in motion. We already had our business up and going. We already had a major account with Walmart. We just pretty much walked out, walked, you know, walked away from the game of football and jump right into this 
and she's been rolling ever since, man. <laughs> I know it's awesome. You have an incredible story, and and I and I really love it. And I there's just so much there, and so much depth, and and what you're and what you're saying. I think one of the major things, and and we come across, and at least and in our business and health food and 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 different types of food and co-packing a lot of professional athletes that have come into the business or people they know that that try to get rich quick schemes and and for anyone out there even business people outside of having money and then trying to get even richer the reality is this is there's no way that it happens overnight. Uh, you know, you may see it out there. It may look that way. It may look like, oh my gosh, this guy's so naturally talented as an athlete, or, or he made his money overnight. The reality is, is there's years of training. There's years of being in the foxhole, or being in the training, or on the basketball court, or on the football field, or kicking a ball against a wall that goes into that. And it's the same with business. You have to go through that stuff. You have to go through those trenches. You have to be in there and learning because without the learning and the skills and the hard knocks and the trial and error, you actually can't do well at anything because you have to go do it. You have to learn. You have to be out there. Why Why do they call it practice before you have a game? You don't just play games every day. You have practice. You know, because it requires that. And it's the same in business. It's, yes, to, does is there no such thing as practice in business? Yes, but you have a lot of ways in your business you can trial and error small things on a smaller scale before you ramp it up. That is like practice before you bring it to game day or you launch a product or you launch a service. And it's the same mindset. And you know, I really, a rule of thumb, uh, you know, the overnight successes are, are so rare. If they're really an overnight success, I would be surprised because I know in my own experience, soccer, it was grinding in and out every day, you know, business, it's been grinding in and out of every day and small steps and, and, you know, hard knocks. And it took me, you know, a few years being in business on my own before I really learned you know, that I need to make a list every day, that I need to concentrate on all the small things first to build the big thing. And I had to go through the lesson to learn. If someone just told me it, it, it you know, it was planting a seed for sure. But the problem is, is I needed to have some hardship, some failures, some things I didn't succeed at on, on, on small and large scales before I'm like, okay, I need to change the way I look at this. I need to change my habits. I need to change myself uh, slowly because you can't change yourself overnight to get in a better process of becoming a better person in terms of doing the small things, taking the time for the small things. And I carry that over to my family. You know, I when it's time to be with my family and, and we're doing something, I'm, I'm present. I'm not worried about work. I don't let my mind drift. You know, I'm trying to do all the small things that they care about because I don't get that time back. And when I'm in my business, it's my five things to do with my business and, and, and our businesses and things like that and how to succeed there. So I love the transition comment, though. Um, which I think is hugely important as one cycle or season in our life ends, another one begins, but we can always be looking and be preparing for what that next season 
is going to be in our life, even though we don't know what it's going to be and keeping an open eye and whether we know it or not, just taking action, doing the right thing prepares it. And I think your story is that it's doing the right thing by the football camps. It's doing the right thing by the barbershop and learning some business skills. It's doing the right thing by then taking the leaps and, and doing the research on the labels and the co-packer and doing that. We all can do that. And, you know, what are we investing really a little bit of money and a lot of our time, but it's, it's, it's the thing to do. So Reggie, I really want to just let you end with anything that you want to talk about or, or you think would be helpful to people getting into food or, or becoming an athlete or, or whatever it is that you think that you want to share with everyone. I sort of just want to give you the floor for about five minutes and, and let you sort of talk if, if it is five minutes and just let you have the mic and, and say what you'd like to say. Uh, you know, I, I would just like to piggyback on, on what I said earlier um about what one of my teammates told me that was life changing and and that was terrence mathis again he just told me if you do the little things right you know the big things will automatically follow so so often in life we're so focused on the big things as a football player the big things is scoring touchdowns and winning super bowls but scoring touchdowns and winning super bowls don't just happen as a process step by step Detail after detail, never giving up, never quitting, always doing the little things right. And those little things will eventually give you the big things. And I think that it's important for us to realize your big thing may not happen as quick as the next person's big thing. But that don't mean that you have to get sour. That don't mean that you have to give up. That don't mean that you have to have a bad attitude. Your time is coming as well if you just put the time in and stay diligent and give your very best. You know, I love to see people go through adversity. Not for the sake of I love to see people, you know, go through pain, but I know adversity can do either two things for you. And we used to always say this in football, adversity can either burst pipes or make diamonds. I think we were all created in, in, in God. I know we were all created in God's image, and we were all created to shine as a diamond. And don't allow that adversity to break you but allow that adversity to make you anything you go through in life is meant to make you and to meant to make you a lot better. You know, um, we can all learn lessons from going through the good times. We can, but we tend to learn our greatest life lesson through the tough times. Uh, that's the reason why I wrote a book called prepare body, mind and spirit. I believe that everything we go through in life, God uses that to prepare us to go to the next level. So anytime that you're going through tough times, anytime that business may not be going the way you want it to go. You may not be excelling as quick as you want to excel. Take time to learn the little lessons that the good Lord is having you to learn and use those lessons as a classroom session to teach you more and more about yourself, to teach you more and more about the business, and then capitalize on those little things, hoping that it helps you to achieve those big things. And that's my word I like to leave behind to you guys. So, Reggie, one of the things that I'd really like to do, actually, um, and and we can talk about this more offline, but I'd really actually, I read about a book a week because that's part of my learning. And interestingly, I will, I will make a point to your adversity um, thing, is I probably spent three quarters of a million dollars on my education and leadership training and an MBA program. 
And, you know, I went through this about 10 years where I needed more knowledge and I needed to do it through the education and whatever. And then when I was done with the MBA, I'm like, wow, I really, I have nothing against education. I think it's the greatest thing ever and you should do it. But I had this thing where I'm like, okay, I've already learned a lot of this. They told me what I already knew through going through it. And something changed in me. It was like, okay, you know what I need to do? I really just need to hit the ground as hard as I can every day. And I had already created habits and and vision boards and things like that to get to where I needed to go and, and understood the five to six things a day, little things to get where I needed to get into school and, and grow my businesses. But I had this transition about five years ago. I needed to go through and get as much experience no matter how hard it was that I could. It was even this podcast. I mean, at first I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't really like talking and then with the people that I work with or, you know, all of a sudden I'm going to give it to everyone. But I was like, you know what? I can become a better speaker. I can become a better person. I can get my message out there. I can help more people. And I just sort of dove into it. And, and that's just one example. But I think it is important. It's the, the courage to be uncomfortable is is what I guess I would call it, is that you just need to do it. And you learn more in those times than you do from being in a classroom. Because a classroom is a safe environment. There's there's no real repercussions other than not doing the work. But you learn safely. But when you're out there and it really matters and it's on the line and money's on the line and people that work for you are on the line and their families are on the line also, it makes a huge difference. And... But, you know, it's you learn by you learn through swimming by jumping in the pool way faster than it's like training wheels. I've seen recently that they don't put training wheels on bikes anymore. It's but they don't have any training wheels anymore. So I guess it's sort of the same thing. Absolutely. But anyway, that being said, what I really like to do is I've looked up your book. I would like to I'm going to read it. Um, since I read a book a week and I really like to get you back on and just sort of talking about, cause I feel a good vibe and I feel that we've connected and we have a similar understanding of things and, and belief systems. So I'd really like to read the book and maybe get you back on and do like a, a motivational Monday and just talk about the book and, and sort of motivations if that's cool with you. Sounds like a plan, man. For taking the time to be on here. I'm actually really honored and, and humbled by all of it. I mean, it's on, on a podcast and, and things like that with me. I, I do really appreciate that you do and appreciate you helping also food entrepreneur entrepreneurs getting their story out. Good things are going to always come your way, Justin. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. And anyone who's listening in, one, um, I'm feeling it right now. I actually feel closer to God just by having the conversation which is always a good thing and more spiritual. So please share what we're doing and, and share the episode. If you think it could help someone, you never know if it will or not, but share it on social media. Tell your friends and family about it. It may help someone. So thank you everyone for listening in and, and have a great day. Right, thanks guys.